0: Now, Real Estate Month with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe, brought to you in part by Lori Zorn, Insurance Manager for Island Savings, and Denise Webster, a mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, who we incidentally happen to have on the line. We're going to go to her in just a moment uh, to get your mortgage tidbit for the week. Uh, if, you need to help, if you need help from experts in insurance and mortgages, Lori and Denise are the people to talk with. Just visit the CFAX 1070 website and look under shows uh, to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, and I can provide you their contact information. Or, of course, you can always find me online or on social media. Today's show, I'm going to be taking you across Canada, outside the Victoria market, speaking to three of my colleagues in the market areas of Calgary. Toronto and Vancouver. Always interesting to know what's going on in different places. They'll tell you about what's happening in their respective markets, what their opinion of future outlook is, and also we'll be talking about the foreign buyer tax in the Vancouver and Toronto markets. So a question there is, has the tax done anything for affordability? We're going to cover that in today's show. Our guests will be uh, representing Calgary, Curtis Atkinson, In Toronto, Asif Khan, and in Vancouver, Elizabeth McQueen. Uh, to start, let's hear from one of our listeners. Actually, a couple of people have brought up today's topic, uh, and it is bully offers. don't know if you've heard of this before. Of course, we're in a marketplace right now where uh, it's still common to have multiple offers and bidding wars. It is very frustrating for buyers. It's a good position for a seller to be in, uh, but buyers hate it because you are forced to go in blind. Of course, not knowing what the other competing offers are. Uh, hoping that you're going to get it, people. Uh, I mean, I had one last week that ended up selling uh, $51,000 over list price. Uh, and we've seen it all over the place, anywhere from 5000 to $200,000 over list price, just a function of the marketplace. But um, Bully offers, what are those? So. In order to see competing offers or multiple offers, the agent, the list agent, the person that works for the seller, normally specifies a delayed offer time. So in other words, if the property was listed for sale today, they would have showings uh, and maybe hold off on looking at offers uh, until five days down the road. So uh, what that means is it gives people time to look at the house, do inspections, make sure their financing is in place but it also means that they cannot jump in in advance. The seller, of course, wants to have as many offers as they can all at the same time. What a bully offer is, uh, it's an attempt by a buyer to try to get in before that five days. So uh, they will basically put their best foot forward and say, listen, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, this is what I'm willing to give you, but you need to make this decision before five days from now. Um, Some agents espouse this as being a a good practice, although when you think about it, it's not really in the seller's best interest. I mean, if the seller feels that they're going to get five or six or ten offers five days down the road, they're going to want to wait. And us, we as agents, so if I was the seller's agent, I need to listen to the instruction of my seller. Uh, and not only that, but, uh, bully offers sometimes can have conditions too, you know, like a subject to inspection or subject to financing. It's really not an attractive offer. The, the, the biggest thing that a seller needs to do is weigh the risk of, Will they do better? Uh, if they do feel maybe um, they won't do any better than the, the presented bully offer, then it's up to them to accept it. But anyways, that's what a bully offer is. Uh, if you have any further questions, feel free to get in touch here. And if you have a question you like answered on our show, visit the cfax1070.com website or call our hotline at 250-414-6540. You can also find us, uh, our podcast, on iTunes and Google Play. Now, let's go on the line where our show partner, Denise Webster, is waiting. Hi, Denise.
2: Hi, Tony. How are you?
1: Doing great. So, how about a mortgage tidbit? Give us uh, your tip for the day.
2: Uh, I think one of the most important tips in a mortgage application right now is to make sure that you have had a mortgage professional uh, take a look at your credit report. Oh,
1: credit report.
2: Yeah, it's probably becoming one of the most important parts of your mortgage application. Lenders are putting a lot of weight into your credit score, and they want to know how you are doing with it, paying back any of your loans or your credit cards, because they're about to lend you a good chunk of money, mm-hmm. and they want to know your history of how you've been paying back some of your uh, lines of credit or your credit card in your in your past um you know, history of credit.
1: Yeah, so, so in today's marketplace where things are busy, I mean, I just mentioned about the fact that people have to make offers that are not subject to financing. It puts you in a very um, uh, difficult position because you have to make sure that everything is organized in advance, right?
2: Yes, I have to know that I've got a very strong um, applicant ready to make an unconditional offer that I know I can get their mortgage application approved with uh, multiple lenders. I want to have those options.
1: Oh, the backup plan. Yep. Yeah, so are you seeing, are, are lenders being any more or less strict as far as credit ratings are concerned right now?
2: I would say more strict. Um, you know, uh, they are taking into consideration what we thought was not weighing heavily on a credit bearer was a cell phone reporting to a credit uh, oh, report. Yeah. You know, before they could kind of turn their blind eye saying, oh, you know, they're not, the, we won't put too much weight in that, but they really are looking at those people that are walking away from a cell phone contract and receiving some bad debt on their credit report. So that does weigh in now.
1: Yeah, actually, you and I did a video um, a couple of years ago, because we talked about this, like the cell phone is one of those things, you know, people sometimes, it's like, oh, okay, well, I won't make the payment this month or whatever, and they end up being 30 days late. These things are showing up in credit bureaus now, right?
2: Yeah, and I think for a lot uh, consumers, for the most part, consumers didn't know cell phones were reporting to their credit report. But, uh, you know, in, in a quick snapshot for our buyers to understand, anything that you've signed terms to in agreement of a payment plan, like a loan or credit card, line of credit, and now cell phones, you're signing a contract so uh, that is now reporting to your credit report
1: so if somebody does have a slight blemish on their credit having to do with for instance the the cell phone um, is that easy enough to explain to a lender or are they it's,
2: it's it black and white willing for them to listen they're no. they're willing to listen to an explanation because if they can see that it does not match every other report Mm-hmm. Um, or or credit line on their report. You know, if they if it's a blemish compared to everything else that they've been play, paying on time, and that they don't have any um, you know arrears on anything else, they can kind of see that it's a one off. Oh. So we're willing to they're willing to listen to that. But if it, it if it lines up with some late credit card payments or maybe a late loan payment, now they're seeing a pattern. Yeah. So if uh, like I said, I think they'll be willing to listen if there is a one off. But um, maybe the, goal, the golden rule is just don't ever be late with your payments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's probably the most important on your credit report. Yeah, and, and how about this? How,
1: how about those that don't have much credit? I mean, there are those that we bump into that, that don't have uh, credit history or, or loans or whatever. Like, what, how does that work?
2: Uh, well, there's two different scenarios here because a uh, lender's willing to understand that maybe somebody in their early 20s is just starting out and establishing credit. Mm-hmm. In those cases, we're really going to want to see a co on the applicant because we don't have any history to prove that our borrowers have the ability to pay back loans or credit cards. So we're going to be looking for co-signers on that. Uh. Uh, Where we have an established borrower that should very well have credit, but they've chosen not to establish credit, Um, we might be able to make some exceptions with the lender and trying to explain why they've never applied for credit. Um, One of the things that they might be quite curious about is if you're in your uh, later age in your life and (laughs) don't have any credit, they may suspect that there could have been a bankruptcy in the past. Uh. So there's going to be a lot of questions if you haven't established credit whereas when you're in you just starting out I think they're understanding that you're, you're you know you're just starting to apply for your credit now
1: mm-hmm. yeah so so important and, mm-hmm. and as a reminder too you know uh, even starting out with something small like a credit card with a small limit just to have a, a history of payments right
2: you got to start somewhere
1: That's great yeah. well, well Denise thanks for joining us hey if people need to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that
2: Oh uh, directly on my cell at two five zero889. 4743 or drop me an email at denise at denisewebster.com
1: that's great always wonderful having you uh here on the air denise thanks for coming
2: thank you for having me
1: as a reminder denise is our one of our partners and she's a sponsor of this show So if you need any sort of mortgage advice, I mean, you you could hear that she is a person that has a a vast amount of knowledge and she knows what she's talking about mortgage-wise. So uh, Denise Webster from Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group. Uh, And our other partner, by the way, just a quick plug, uh, is Lori Zorn, who's the insurance manager for Island Savings. And uh, she was on the air a couple of weeks back and uh, she's been telling me she's received a lot of calls from the listeners here on CFAX too. Uh, So uh, if you need insurance, advice or help, of course, Lori is the person to call. Um, We are going to be back in just a moment taking you across the country for Calgary, Toronto, and Vancouver real estate market conversations. Uh, I'm Tony Joe. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Now, Real Estate Month with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for
1: joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, I am taking you across the country, and we're going to be speaking with real estate experts, my colleagues in Toronto, Calgary, and right now, Vancouver. We have on the line with us, from Vancouver, Elizabeth McQueen. She's at REMAX Crest Westside in Vancouver. Thanks for joining me, Elizabeth.
3: Thanks for having me, Tony. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yes. So, um, I mean, we we talk a lot, and, and of course, uh, any of us in the business are always researching and seeing what other marketplaces are doing and, and all that. Of course, Vancouver is our, our closest market here in Victoria. And in many ways, we're directly affected by what happens over there. So uh, tell us about what's happening. What um, What's the market like right now with you?
3: Well, the, the market's pretty busy right now. We've, uh, we've come through uh, an interesting 2016 where we started off being extremely, extremely busy. Mm-hmm. And then it uh, quietened down fairly substantially at the last quarter of the year. But right now, <laughs> and there's,
1: there's a reason for that too, right? We're going to talk about that yeah. in a moment. Okay.
3: We will, yes. we will. But right now, you know, we're, we're busy. Our buyers are active. They're informed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're in the condo market, they're online constantly looking to see what's new out there because, you know, it's hard to do open houses with condos. So yeah. There's a lot of online checking. Um, and if you're in the detached housing market, it's finally getting back to what we call our new normal. Okay. So it's uh, slowly showing uh, sales every month, and it feels a little more balanced.
1: All right. So, uh, I mean, for those who are not in the Vancouver marketplace, when we read the news or we look at stats, um, you know, sales are down when whatever it is, 30%, 30% or 40% or something, right?
3: Yeah. Again, I mean, there are two different markets here. There's the condo market, yeah. which is... Uh, very robust. Okay. And then there's what we call the detached housing, which is typically what people refer to as just houses. Yeah. so and, and, and they're quite different.
1: Okay. So just talking about houses for for a moment here, because those stats have softened from the year before. Um, I, I think people can uh, sort of interpret that as being, oh, my goodness, you know, the, the market has crashed in Vancouver. But what you're saying is it's a new norm, and, and things are still busy, right?
3: They, they are still busy. Um, but, you know, so what we had last year in 2015, where things were, were, were quite busy,
4: mm-hmm.
3: um, we've come back into what's considered uh, more an average. And with that, I'll say, you know, in the last nine years, for example, if you looked at how many sales happened on every, any given month in houses, mm-hmm. the average is 138 houses a month. Okay. And, and right now... Uh, last year it showed one hundred and thirty two and right now we're at eighty four. Uh-huh. So it's it's off okay but it it looks like it's increasing. It seems to be going up about ten percent or eleven percent each month from yeah. January. So we're hopeful.
1: <laughs> yeah well there's there's a lot of people that are moving into the Vancouver area too, right?
3: Well, there are. I think if you check with any of the uh, the stats that are out there, you're going to see that we're we're getting a net migration of you know 30 to 35,000 people a month. Wow. Uh, sorry, a year. Excuse me, a year. Okay. Um. And so when that happens, uh, where's our housing? Yeah. You know, our 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 inventory is down substantially. If you look at 2013, almost 10,000 houses were available for people to look at right now we're off by 30%. So
1: there's no 60%. inventory.
3: There's no inventory. Yeah. It's a 30% drop and yet, you know, we've got 30,000 people a year coming in adding to what was already here.
1: Yeah, so there there is the requirement or demand for more supply, right?
3: Exactly. So when people are saying, well, you know, Vancouver's in a bubble, you know, it's it's a fake market. It's not a fake, even though we had that uh, foreign tax imposed on us, yeah. and we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes. it, it it hasn't changed the fact that there's still people moving into the into the Vancouver Metro area,
1: yeah, foreign That's or not. Right. Yeah.
3: Foreign or not, they're coming from all over Canada. Yeah. There are, you know, families that are coming back home. There's, there's, there's lots that there's lots of jobs that are being available here. There's lots of people that had moved to Alberta that are coming back. There's a lot of movement going on, and and our government has has not taken a hold of that and and helped our developers create some inventory. Yeah, because that, that's all that's going to, the only way it's going to happen is if you create more.
1: Supply, absolutely. We're on the line right now with Elizabeth McQueen. Elizabeth is a realtor with REMAX Crest Westside in Vancouver. So statistically, uh, and I know that you specialize in the downtown and uh, Westside uh, areas, but statistically last month, I just want to let the listeners know, uh, there were 3,553 sales in uh, the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board. That's down 26% from the year before. Uh, The um, housing price index um, figure is $941,100, and that's the composite. So that's everything, uh, condos, townhouses, uh, houses, and everything. That is up 5% uh, in the last three months and also up 11% since April to, uh, 2016. So let's talk about that T word, the tax. Uh, you were there. You've been at this for a long time because you were licensed um, in 1989, right, Elizabeth? Shh,
3: don't tell anyone.
1: Okay. You started when you were five, I, I know. I was five. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> You've been at this a long time. You've seen a lot. Uh, tell us about what your life was like August the 2nd, 2016. That's when the tax was implemented. What happened?
3: Uh, everybody was in shock. We absolutely thought it was a prank. There is just no way that this could be thrown out with no thought behind it. Mm-hmm. And we had to put a lot of people at uh, uh, into our comfort zone as to, you know, let's figure out what this means exactly. You wrote an offer three days ago that went firm. Yeah. You're you're going to complete in four weeks. Yeah. And you happen to be one of the people that's going to be caught up in that, which means if you paid a million dollars for something, which is not a, uh, an un- Unheard of price in Vancouver, whether you're in condos or townhouses, mm-hmm. you've just added $150,000 to that.
1: There was a lot of that. So the the other concern too is it's not only the sale that's at jeopardy, like the buyer uh, is who's at jeopardy, but also the seller was had a, a heightened sense of uh, being uncertain because their sale might not happen. Right.
3: Well, and it creates a domino effect. You know, one of the good things about uh, real estate in Canada, is that once you sell your property and you have a firm, committed contract in front of you without any conditions attached to it, Mm -hmm. you're able to take that and go buy your next property.
1: It's like cash, right?
3: Right. So we're not waiting, as they do in the States, for things to perhaps settle out over the next 30 or 60 days. We take that and we work with it. So when you've taken the, the foundation of that and you've shaken it, and somebody that is Perhaps somebody in Vancouver has decided they're retiring. They're going to move their family over to Victoria. And the sale of their house is in jeopardy. It's being bought by somebody who is uh, new to the city, and uh, now it's in jeopardy because not only are are these people wondering if they've just paid too much for it, they've just put an extra 15% on top of it, and they're never going to get that back, but do they have access to it? Exactly, exactly. Do they have access to an additional $150,000 in order to make this deal happen? Yeah. And so even if people were perhaps not taking large mortgages, they've made some kind of conditions where they're able to take some kind of financing. And if they're new to to the country, they don't get a mortgage very easily. Yeah. So even if they wanted to complete, there was a lot of challenges attached to that.
1: My goodness. So, so I mean, here we are now, several months later, and the tax was imposed because it was meant to help affordability in the Vancouver area. So tell me, as a practicing realtor, has that happened?
3: Not at all.
1: Yeah. In fact, prices are up, as, as I just mentioned, too, right?
3: Exactly. The prices are starting to creep up again. The sales are, are increasing again because people have taken a step back and they realize, you know, this tax is not going away. We still need somewhere to live. Yeah. We're going to have to just jump in there and maybe bring down the value as to what we can afford. Mm-hmm. But they're still going to buy. People still have to live somewhere.
1: Exactly. Well, we are, uh, we've had Elizabeth McQueen uh, from Remax Crest in Vancouver. Elizabeth, if people need to get in touch with you to talk about real estate in Vancouver, uh, or maybe if they need to buy or sell in Vancouver, how can they do that? What number?
3: I would love to talk to them. My phone number is 604-377-4321.
1: Or online, your website?
3: My website, elizabethmcqueen.com.
1: That's great. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Elizabeth. Uh, I can attest to the fact that Elizabeth is a true expert uh, who really knows her stuff. So if any of the listeners, like I said, are thinking about uh, getting information for the Vancouver real estate market, please do get in touch with her. Uh, And if you need to find her, you can always reach her through me as well, too. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, We will be back in just a moment.
0: Now, Real Estate Month with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. You're
1: listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, I am taking you across the country, chatting about real estate in different marketplaces. We are—we just had Elizabeth McQueen from Remax in Vancouver talking about what's happening there. We had a chat about the foreign buyer tax and how it has not done anything for affordability because properties there uh, are still expensive. But the other thing, too, is the market is coming back and is strong again. We're going to have uh, on the line in a few moments... Uh, Asif Khan from Toronto to talk about what's happening over there. And right now, I have with me on the line, Curtis Atkinson. Curtis is in Calgary at REMAX Central. Curtis, thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks very much, Tony. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, so what's happening over there? Um, You know, when we read the news over here about the market in Alberta, like Calgary and Edmonton, Uh, it appears that things are really soft. And what is typically a really busy marketplace, a thriving marketplace, uh, the news makes it sound like Calgary is quiet and maybe picking up again. Is that what's happening?
0: Well, it has been fairly quiet. Uh, In the recent uh, couple of months here, we've seen some activity levels uh, substantially higher. When I say activity levels, our sales are up probably about, about 38%. Uh, over the last year at the same time. Okay. So, no, our prices aren't exactly through the roof. We're about 2% uh, climb uh, from last year. However, it's just the sales activity coupled with a little bit of uh, drop in inventory that's managed to keep uh, Calgary actually fairly balanced compared to what you actually hear out on the street.
1: (laughs) Okay, so you were saying that sales are up from last year. Now, are we comparing it to what was a slow year? Like Last year was a slow year, right?
0: Last year was a slow year in Calgary okay. and in Alberta in general. Yeah. However, uh, from 2014, which was probably the height of the market uh, in the history of Alberta property, we have uh, seen some steady declines from 15 and 16. And now in 2017, we seem to be seeing some rebound action mm-hmm. just simply in terms of the amount of sales that have happened over the last two months.
1: Yeah. The uh, the stat that I pulled up for Calgary, the composite uh, housing price index number is $504,000. Um, and what I've heard as well, too, when the market was softer, like last year, maybe now you, you can tell us, are, are there is there inventory sitting around that presents good opportunities for people who are thinking of buying right now?
0: Well, it's a great question. Uh, in terms of inventory levels, we did see them drop in... Um, you know, February, March, and April climbing steadily now towards that 5,500 active listings mark. However, the benchmark price for detached homes is Mm 504,100. Attached homes is about 331,000 and condos is about 269,000. If you take all of those particular pricing matrixes, and get the benchmark price. It's averaging out at four hundred and thirty-nine thousand six hundred.
1: Okay, all right. So I actually I quoted the wrong figure there. So I, I thought the five hundred four was the composite, but you're saying that's the detached, right? That's correct. Yeah, interesting. Well, you know, see, I, I, we were just talking to Elizabeth McQueen in Vancouver, and the the composite average in Vancouver is nine hundred and forty-one thousand.
0: Not happening in Calgary. <laughs>
1: okay. But it's amazing when you think about it because there's that opportunity. You know, maybe people are selling out of a market like Vancouver and then they're getting a heck of a lot of property in Calgary for that dollar,
0: right? I think that's happening. And uh, we aren't experiencing the foreign tax implications that uh, BC is and uh, Ontario. Yeah. So there are opportunities. And probably the best opportunity is in the luxury home market where we've seen sales come up. Substantially in the last year Mm -hmm. because people believe that this luxury market in Calgary will come back. And if they pick something up today, uh, you know, in that 2 million mark, maybe we're looking at 2.5 in the next couple of years as opposed to Mm 1.8. So people are, you know, they're fairly excited that that luxury market is something to take advantage of right now.
1: Yeah, so we're on the line right now with Curtis Atkinson from uh, Remax Central in Calgary talking about what's happening in the Calgary market. So speaking of luxury homes, uh, you know, I had heard of stories of of the fact that uh, uh, builders, developers had new inventory. They had built them two years ago expecting a fast sale. The market then shifted and they were sitting around for a while. Uh, people are able to get these at lower prices now than they could have had them before. And you just alluded to the fact that people feel feel confident about the fact that these properties will go up in value over time, right?
0: I do, and I believe that's the sentiment in town. It uh, doesn't help that oil and gas keeps dropping below $50. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when we get some excitement in the market and we say oil and gas couple with some diversity that Calgary and Alberta have taken on, that it is not simply directed based on oil and gas prices. Mm-hmm. Thanks to some diversity, we do see that uh, the majority of buyers are also cashing in on the fact that um, some of these luxury market properties will come back with a vengeance. But you're right, it's been quiet for the last couple of years, and it doesn't usually last too long in terms of Alberta because we know how cyclical it can be. Yep. And But the, ho- the hottest markets right now, uh, Tony, Seem to be that 400 to 500 thousand detached inner city uh, homes that seem to last maybe two three days on market and get you know two to four competing offers. Yeah. That seems to be the hot uh, range right now. Uh, a lot of them are purchased without conditions. Yeah. Mostly uh, people take their time and want to do due diligence. But if it's a good property in a great area and it's well priced we're not seeing anybody shy away from putting in an
1: offer. You know, and that, re- that price point remains amazing to uh, listeners here in Victoria because you can't buy a detached house for $500,000 in Victoria. You know, our, our uh, composite average is $589,000, and that's for houses, condos, and townhouses. Uh, <laughs> you know, our average sale price for a detached home now is somewhere around $800,000. So um, just thinking about what people can buy in Calgary, it, it, is still, it is still amazing, especially considering the infrastructure and the services that Calgary has to offer for, for families or people that are, that are moving there, right?
0: I think so, uh, Tony. The, the number one uh, reasoning, I think, behind a lot of the slowdown is just this you know, uncertainty in terms of Alberta's future and, and oil and gas, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's understandable, but we all know it's not going away. And I think that the astute buyers right now that come back to us year after year, they seem to know something, because the same people come back to us every now and again, anticipating that the market won't last Mm -hmm. this flat for very long. So I do believe that there's a lot of opportunity in Alberta, and we're going to see some of the spillover from Ontario Going to see some spillover from BC. Yeah. People are going to come back to Alberta, thinking that there's some bargains out there, and I, I do have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, in terms of demographics, you can, uh, and infrastructure, you can kind of build out infinitely from Calgary. It's not like uh, Manhattan or, or Vancouver where there's only so much land. Yeah. But the inner city continues to thrive in Calgary yeah. and it's definitely a buyer's time right now
1: yeah actually you made a really good point right now I, I think about that often uh, when a town like Calgary needs to grow they just open up the city limits and boom there you go more property right
0: well that's right and that keeps your property levels and your pricing uh, benchmarks uh, fairly you know fairly fairly flat over the years yeah but you got to remember in real estate you know when times are good, Uh, times are good. When times are bad, times are still good in real estate. You Mm -hmm. always need to buy and sell. And there's always people upgrading, downgrading, empty nesting, uh, having families. So, I think Calgary's got their variety of absolutely everything that you require, yeah. and uh, it's a great lifestyle.
1: Yeah, and it, again, you know, just uh, uh, finishing up with our chat here, it's, it's interesting because, generally speaking, Calgary is a strong real estate market. I mean, it's it, it, there's a lot of new construction. There's a lot of development. Uh, it is just this little blip that you guys are experiencing right now. Um, it's a little bit softer, but I think everyone agrees it's going to come back and uh, and be strong again in the near future.
0: Well, you uh, Hope you're right. And, uh, we do uh, have those same feelings, yeah. and uh, we're looking forward to a fairly strong market in 2017, 2018, yeah. and uh, and beyond. That's but, great. Uh, you know, uh, we could sure use the ocean. Yes. We could sure, use the mountains around the ocean here. Yeah. I'm sure that uh, Victoria, being the type of lifestyle that it is for a city. Uh, the outdoor lifestyle is, is obviously key to being a highly desirable destination out there, retirement-wise sure. and, and all the rest of it. But the island life uh, you know, is, is for a lot of people these days, especially the baby boomers, and uh, hopefully we can keep a uh, few of those people around here in Calgary, but uh, I can see why they head out to Victoria.
1: Uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Curtis. Listen, uh, if any of the listeners need to reach you to talk about real estate in Calgary, what's your number?
0: I can be reached at 403 Six five five
1: six. Yeah, and your yeah. and your website is
0: at curtisadkinson.ca.
1: Great, thanks for joining us, Curtis. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Now, Real Estate Month with Tony Joe on CFAX ten seventy.
1: Thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We are looking at different marketplaces in the country today. We've had online already Elizabeth McQueen from Remax uh, Crest in Vancouver talking about what's happening in her marketplace which is right next door to us. We just finished up with Curtis Atkinson who is in Calgary talking about opportunities that exist there and uh, talking about uh, house prices you can buy a nice house for four or five hundred thousand dollars. Hard to do that here in Victoria. Actually I should say it's impossible to do that uh, in Victoria here right now. Uh, But on the line with us is my friend Asif Khan. Asif thanks for coming on the line here.
4: Thank you, Tony. Pleasure.
1: Asif is with Remax Prime Properties in the Markham, Ontario uh, area. Uh, Asif's been around for a long time. Uh, you've been licensed for it's been like twelve years or something, right? That's right. Yes. Okay. And the other thing, I'm proud to say, uh, you have opened up your own brokerage. You opened up uh, Remax Prime a couple months ago, right?
4: That's correct. Yes.
1: Great. Um, statistically, for our listeners here. Uh, Just to give you an idea of comparison, Victoria last month, so in the month of April, we sold 885 homes, 885 properties, uh, and the benchmark um, composite price that I had mentioned before was $589,500. That's for houses, condos, and townhouses. Uh, Looking at Calgary, uh, Calgary is about three times the size of Victoria. They had 1,204 sales uh, last month. Uh, and their composite figure was 439000 Vancouver, a much larger town, had 5,353 sales last month, uh, and their composite value is 941000 It's the highest in the country. Now I have on the line, uh, Asif Khan, uh, the Toronto Real Estate Board reported sales last month of 11630 That's a lot of homes. I mean, Toronto is a huge area, of course. Uh, and the composite uh, average is $811,300. So, Asif, tell us what's going on over there. We're going to talk about this tax thing, by the way, but we'll do that a little later because this is all new uh, with you guys. But what's the sense out there in the GTA, Great, Greater Toronto?
4: So, Tony, generally, um, year over year, we sell about one hundred and five to 112,000 properties, and so we're seeing that continue. And what we're seeing is... is it's a very active market, and it's dictated by low supply and high demand. Yeah. So the you know, in order to establish a market equilibrium, we need to increase our supply because we're seeing even our average price point, as mentioned, it's climbed a lot over the last year.
1: Yeah, it's up like 30 percent or something, right?
4: It's about, yeah, it's about 29 percent. Yeah, and and that's a, a direct reflection of you know the bidding wars that are created by the low supply because we have so much pent-up demand.
1: Yeah. So, uh, for instance, in your direct area, because I know you service a large area, but you you do focus a lot in Markham. Like, what's happening there right now? Um, Multiple offers, no inventory, right?
4: Multiple offers, no inventory. Uh, Markham is generally regarded as having the best schools uh, within the GTA. And we see a lot of people moving there for schools. We see... You know schools like William Bursey or Pierre Elliott Trudeau, mm-hmm. uh, school the area surrounded by uh, surrounding those schools typically people we we may have 10 12 15 people bidding on houses as soon as they come up in that area, yeah. and and that's driven up uh, prices a lot. It's also helped to increase the values in the surrounding areas like Stouffville and Aurora because, you know, generally people are flocking to the 905, as we call it, which is the, the northern suburbs of uh, Toronto.
1: Okay. And, and I, I have, I've seen posted online as well, too, areas like Mississauga are now seeing multiple offers and, and it's driving agents crazy.
4: Yeah. And these are typically areas that aren't used to the multiple offers. But um, see, the, the other thing is the 407. The extension of Highway 407 has helped a lot of these areas uh, because now they're more accessible to the city. Oh. So you've got uh, you know infrastructure coming in that's going to help people commute to the city, and that way now people that lived in the city and want something more affordable in terms of a larger house are flocking to the 905s mm-hmm. because of Highway 407 and it, the extension thereof.
1: Yeah, you know, and and this is this is something that Victorians here, um, people who have never lived elsewhere. There's there's a few of us. I mean, it's funny. Most people in Victoria here come from other places like Ontario or or Alberta or whatever. But Victorians in general, uh, we take this for granted because we're not driving very far. If anything's further than fifteen or twenty minutes away, it's 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 considered a long time. But in the GTA, people are commuting, right?
4: They are. They're the commuting. Uh even upwards of an hour now. Uh, You know, surrounding Toronto, we've got areas like Stony Creek, Niagara Falls that are are just on a a huge increase in in terms of population and price appreciation because people aren't afraid to go farther.
1: Yeah, so you said Niagara Falls, right?
4: Yeah, Niagara Falls, Stony Creek. Yeah,
1: you know, and the thing that always amazes me, you know, our friend Jerry Hendricks is in uh, St. Catharines there, and prices there, I mean, you can buy a really nice house for Three or four hundred thousand dollars, right?
4: Exactly, yeah,
1: yeah. So just going a
4: little before moving out west.
1: Interesting, interesting. Uh, We're on the line right now with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties in Markham, Ontario. Uh, By the way, these three, Curtis, Asif, and Elizabeth, are friends of mine. Um, We were just recently at an event in uh, Scottsdale for uh, the Remax Elite uh, group that represents the top 3% of Remax agents internationally, so of 113,000 agents. Uh, Always good to have friends uh, in high places, in different marketplaces, so that we can refer to them uh, for, if we have clients, for instance, going out to Toronto, uh, Asif's, Asif's the guy that, uh, that we call. Um, what's the outlook, though, Asif? Like, how, how are things looking? Things continuing to go up? Um, inventory remaining low, Right.
4: There is. I mean, we've had uh, inventory hit the market, which is traditionally after Easter weekend, inventory hits the market. So there is a bit of uh, a sense of calm across the marketplace if you're a buyer right now, because there is more inventory, there's more choice. And, uh, you know, uh, I want to call it quieter in the marketplace, but quieter in the sense that instead of having 10 or 12 offers on a property, you're seeing three or four offers on a property now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're going to see markets always tend to balance themselves out, and this is what happens every April, May. You start to see inventory hit the market, and it's a little bit uh, palatable for the, the buyers to be out there and skip up some properties.
1: Well, okay, so as we're talking about this right now, you know, uh, a, a bit of a, uh, a breathing time market-wise, we got to talk about this tax thing because the foreign tax uh, has been implemented in Ontario, right?
4: Yeah, so the foreign tax was announced just before Easter weekend. Yeah. It was timed impeccably by the government because the perception is that the announcement of the tax has cooled the market or assisted in cooling the market. You know, like I said, traditionally it's Easter weekend where people get their homes ready and, and put them on the market right after. Yeah. So the timing of the announcement coincided with Easter weekend. So right after inventory hits, and uh, there's obviously some buyers are holding back, thinking prices are going to come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that happened for about two weeks, and this week we started to see buyers get off the fence again and uh, and start buying because they noticed that prices weren't dropping 10, 15, 20 percent as promised. And you know it still comes down to supply versus demand. Mm-hmm. So now that we have more supply, there's a uh, you know demand is still strong, but we're seeing, uh, you know, people that were priced out in January, February, March, able to afford properties now, and this will continue. It usually does continue through till, you know, July, August, and uh, in September, as you see supply dwindle going down, you're yeah. going to start, you're going to start to see the uh, multiple offers again.
1: Yeah, Actually, that's a really good um, uh, explanation of market timing because it's true. Typically, uh, the springtime, um, especially when there's more inventory in any marketplace, it becomes more of a buyer's market, good for buyers. But for uh, in the fall, when inventory starts falling off, it's good for sellers, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So now the, the other thing, too, is, you know, talking again, we were talking to Elizabeth about Vancouver. And it's it's interesting because all the Ontarioans, is that what we call you? On, on, Ontario whites? Sure.
4: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> um, uh, Maple Leafs fans. Well, how about that? Maple Leafs fans. Okay. Yeah. Um, all you guys need to do is have a look and see what happened in Vancouver because um, the reality is Vancouver softened at that time after August the 2nd because people were, they just didn't know what was going on. It was a lot of uncertainty but it has rebounded. It's back again and prices are as high as they've ever been.
4: Exactly. And, and, you know, we we look at that. We also look at the timing of the announcement in BC itself, in in Vancouver itself and it, it also coincided, you know, it was basically the same thing, where it coincided with the market starting to see more inventory hit and, and prices subside a bit. Yeah. Uh, so it was very similar to what happened in Toronto a couple of weeks ago.
1: Interesting. Now, the implementation uh, in Ontario had a lot more exemptions, though, than Vancouver did. Uh, Vancouver, of course, it was it, it, there were no exemptions. They have since, of course, um, uh, loosened things up a little bit. But tell us about some of the um, exemptions over there.
4: Well, with the exemptions, Tony, I really don't think this tax is ever going to be charged to anybody. Okay. Basically, if you go to school here or if you work here or you're investing here, you're going to be moving here in the future. Even if you move here in the future, you can have the tax refunded. Oh, my goodness. So uh, I don't really believe that. I think public perception is that, hey, they brought in this new tax. And, however, I don't believe it's going to have any effect in terms of foreign buyers well first of all the foreign buyers that are moving to toronto are different than the foreign purchasers in vancouver yes we're we're seeing people move there to live there Mm -hmm. uh they're sending their even if you know the father doesn't live here the the mother and the kids come here and they go to school here and they establish a life here so it's very different because people are actually immigrating to toronto Uh so and and all of those exemptions are in place, that they won't have to pay this tax.
1: Yeah. So, you know, sometimes we wonder if it's just a political move, right?
4: Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the way I feel about it.
1: So. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, we're talking with Asif Khan in Toronto. He's at Remax Prime Properties. Asif, if any of our listeners here want to talk about the Toronto market, even think about uh, looking at buying or selling over there, how can they reach you? What number should they call?
4: They can reach me on my cell at 416 985 Five, four, two, six. I sounded like Drake there, didn't I? Call me on my cell phone.
1: <laughs> okay. And and your website?
4: <laughs> it's asifkhan.ca. Yeah. Dot nca
1: Great. And I want to congratulate you online here, buddy, because, you know, you had a phenomenal year last year. I want to let everyone know that uh, Asif uh, placed—where were you in the—we You we were definitely in the top 100— of all Remax agents in Canada. You remember 70 or something, right? Uh,
4: thank you. No, I was uh, 59, but thank you very oh much. Oh,
1: my Just, goodness. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I need to let people know this is significant because it means he moves a lot of real estate. So, anyways, thanks for coming on the line here, Asif. And for everyone else listening, this is the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We'll be here talking about more real estate this time next week.